Bavabasar Perikhei Mishneches 5.8. Mishneh here is talking about selling uh, liquids, and it is really has two separate topics. The first topic is when is the transaction done if you're pouring liquids, and the second question is uh, when have you got your money's worth when pouring liquids? How many drops you need to get out of, out of the side of the container, whatever it is. So the first part of the Mishnah um, <clears throat> Is um is hard to understand on, on face value, and the Gemara raises that very point. It says, If you're selling uh, wine or oil to your fellow, and then and then the price of the commodity that you're selling goes up or down significantly, meaning that one of the two participants in the transaction wants to back out. So the question is always when it comes to what affects the transaction, the nafkamina is going to be. If the transaction is done, then you can't back out. If the transaction is not yet done, you could back out. So the question is over here, can these guys back out? So the Mishnah says, Im nismales hamida, If the measurement hasn't been filled, like if you're filling up a gallon container, if you haven't reached the full gallon mark, whatever it is, then lamocher, then the liquid still belongs to the seller, meaning by inference that uh, you could back out of the deal because no transactions happened, the transfer of ownership hasn't occurred. But Mishnah nismales hamida, once the... Um, the measure had been filled, so if you're selling a gallon, it reached the gallon mark on the container or something. So then, at that point, the liquid belongs to the purchaser, which means, by implication, that you can no longer back out of it. Okay, now, the Gemara says, wait a second, stop. If we're talking about the container and the transaction all occurring in the property of the seller, so then, just because the seller measured out a gallon of oil, why does that become the buyer's? The buyer needs to do the Maisa Kenyan, and that would be Hagba lifting it up. So then it's a non-starter, of course, until the Hagba happens, till the purchaser takes possession by lifting the container. It belongs to the seller, and therefore the purchaser could always back out, as could the seller. Maybe you have Misha Para, but that's not the point. Now, um, on the flip side, if the container belongs to the purchaser, the buyer, and it's sitting in a place that the purchaser is allowed to effect a transaction, meaning it's his own private property or, or he owns a property jointly with the seller or it's in a simta, as we explained in the previous Mishnah. So then those areas are available for his him to make an acquisition. And um, if the container belongs to him and it's been poured into his container, so then you have something that's basically like a f- very close to a Kenyan chatzar occurring, meaning a person's property can acquire on his behalf. Here it's not quite a Kenyan chatzar, it's more like Kenyan kalev, his utensils are acquiring on his behalf, but it's the same idea. His utensil is sitting in his property where he's allowed to be, and it's important to his container, he's present there, it's mishtamer, it's guarded. So his container acquires on his behalf and no hagba'a required. Again, provided it's his container, and it's in a location that is his or jointly his or a simta where he's allowed to use to make acquisitions. So, that being the case, um, every drop that pours into his container automatically becomes his, the purchaser's, and there's never an opportunity to ever back out. So, uh, that being the case, if, it, if again, just summing up here, if the container belonged to the seller, then you could always back out until the purchaser lifts it up. And if it belongs to the buyer and it's in the buyer's property or share property, so then you can never back out because every drop automatically is acquired by the buyer as it's poured into his container. So then what's the Mishnah asking and why does it have this funny resolution? So the Gemara explains what's happening here is that <clears throat> the buyer and seller um, are doing this transaction, but they don't have a container of their own. So they need to borrow a container. So let's say, for example, there's a broker in the deal. Broker brought buyer and seller together, but buyer and seller want to trans, you know, they agree they're going to 
trans, you know, the buyer is going to purchase um, one gallon of oil for 100 shekels, fine, they've agreed on terms, um, but they don't have a container. So this middle person, this third party, in this case, let's just say for argument's sake, it's a sarsour, it's a broker, but doesn't have to be anybody, lends a container for the sake of this transaction. So what does that mean? When he's lending it, to whom is he lending it? Because if he's lending it to the the seller, then the rules of the seller's container would apply, and it never becomes the buyer's. So he does like, well, if he's lending it to the buyer's, then it's the buyer's from the get-go, and if it's in the buyer's physical, like he has a stake in the land itself or a symptom, whatever it is, then every drop that goes in would belong to the buyer. So the Mishnah's resolution, and this is really the sole basic chiddush of the Mishnah, therefore, is that um, when the person, the third party, is lending the container, he's lending it to the seller so long as it's not full. But the moment the container is filled up, the seller has no purpose, no use for the container anymore. Now it's really it's for the sake of the buyer taking the possession of the liquid. And therefore, as soon as the container is filled up to the requisite amount, the loan immediately transfers of the loan of the container that's being lent, transfers from being the seller, a loan to the seller, to being a loan to the borrower. Now all of a sudden the third party is lending this container to the to the buyer, I should say. And if the buyer now is the rightful owner of this through the loan, so automatically he um, will be able to take possession of whatever is poured into his container through this Kenyan Caleb. So therefore the Mishnah said very simply, before the container is filled up, uh, it, the third party container is filled up, um, if it's being poured in the possession of, of a piece of property which is at least partially owned or has the rights controlled by the buyer. So then while it's being filled up, since the lender is lending the container to the seller, it's not yet a done deal, and they could back out. But once it's filled up to the top, the like a, the switch like flips, and now the loan of the container now is for the sake of the purchaser, and therefore his, his clee, his container, will acquire it on behalf of himself, and the deal is done, and they can no longer back out. That's the mission I'd say. Let me read the words one more time just to make sure it's perfectly clear. If Reuven's selling his wine or oil to, to Shimon, and the price that moves up or down, can they back out? Answer is, If it hasn't yet um, <clears throat> been filled up all the way, then the, the loan, the container, belongs to the seller, and therefore they could, yes, back out, because not done. Mission is male samida. Once it has been filled up all the way, now the container has been immediately loaned to the purchaser, and now it, the purchaser's container can acquire on his behalf, and therefore the the contents of the container immediately are acquired by the purchaser, and therefore they no longer can back out. Period. Now, new part of the mission. What happens if what if there's a, a, a broker between these two parties? Now, I just said, for the sake of sort of emphasizing the Chiddush here, that in the previous line, we could understand that there's a broker involved lending a container. But here, in this part of the Mishnah, the broker is doing the work himself. He's getting his hands dirty with the pouring of the liquid. So just for argument's sake, you know, the the buyer says to his broker, listen, I want to buy oil, get me a gallon of oil for 100 shekels. And then the broker goes to the supplier and says, listen, uh, I'd like to buy oil from you for 90 shekels for a gallon because I've got to buy it for 100. I'm going to make that 10 shekel spread. So what happens is the sarsour, the broker now goes to the supplier and he the broker fills up his own container, which he intends to transfer it to the purchaser to make that, that 10 shekel spread. <clears throat> so the question is, the implicit question that the Mishnah wants to answer is, does the broker have a status of being a shaliach? <clears throat> Meaning, um, is he really acting on behalf of the purchaser, in which case it belongs to the purchaser once it gets immediately? Or is the broker acting on his own behalf, and he's like an intermediate purchaser, so to speak, who then sell it on 
um, to the end purchaser. And the mission is going to say the latter is the case, meaning if the broker is getting involved and pouring for himself, it's for him. And then he'll be selling it on to the purchaser that gave him the mandate to find this oil. And that being the case, if in the middle, after the broker fills up his container, the container, let's say, gets broken or lost or stolen, whatever it is, who suffers the economic loss? Not the buyer, not the seller, but the broker in the middle, because the broker took possession when he poured the supplier's oil into his container. That's what the Mishnah says here. If there's an intermediate step of a broker getting this oil or whatever it is, so then if the container breaks along the way, the container that belonged to the broker, so then it's the broker who suffers the economic loss. Now, the Mishnah continues, but really it's like a, a new topic. It could really be like a new mission starting here. So don't get confused. Up to now, we we're talking about when is a transaction done? To whom does the product belong? Now, new topic here, also trans, doing a transaction with liquids. The question, however, is at what point could we say that the purchaser has gotten his fair, you know, his, what his, um, his fair share of the liquid? Has he gotten, you know, paid in full? The idea being, you know, if you're, if you're pouring liquid, think oil, for example. So oil sticks to the side of the container. So like you could, it could like drip, drip, drip in smaller and smaller amounts all day long. So how, if you're walking to a shop, you say, I'll take, you know, a gallon of oil and the, the, uh, the salesperson there, the shopkeeper has like gallon containers of oil and he's going to pour it into the bucket that you brought um, to the shop, let's say. So how long does that have to stand over your bucket letting his gallon container drain letting the ever small and small amounts of oil that's stuck to the sides of the container pour out into your into your bucket? And the truth is, um, the same question would apply for for um, wine. Obviously, wine is less viscous. It would pour better. But remember also that their containers were earthenware containers, like clay containers, uh, which weren't really smooth on the inside, so it would actually probably stick to the walls much more. In any case, the question is, how long does the seller have to like stand over the bucket of the, of the buyer to let the container drain? So the mission says, The seller needs to wait until um, it starts to drip, like in drops, individual drops, as it's pouring. And at that point, the seller has to wait for three drops to fall out of the container. At that point, that's enough. The assumption is that the purchaser is mivater. He gives up on the extra whatever amount it would be. So meaning he like abandons it. He's, he doesn't have any further claim. He waves claim in the last bits on the side of the wall. And therefore, here, Kino Mitza, if after the three drips come out, let's say the seller now puts the the gallon container which had the oil inside of it on back you know on its side or whatever the story is and like the oil now pools to the bottom of the container so now if you pour it a second time more oil would come out not just drips but a little a little flow would even come out the question is to whom does that potential last bits of oil belong the answer is harehu shall mocher belongs to the seller meaning since the three drops came out the buyer now says okay enough is enough and i'm a vater i give up on the last bits, I have no further claim on the last bits of oil, so now it goes back to being the seller's property. More than that, says the Mishnah, if we're talking about a shopkeeper, and shopkeeper's working like, you know, in the store, in the dry goods store, there's a lot of there's a lot of action happening, and he can't stand around for like, you know, 10 minutes the last three drops come out. So therefore, he can pour out till it's emptied out, not even waiting the last, you know, however many seconds it'll be for the last three drops to come out because everyone's waiting in line, he's under pressure, and no one wants that to be the case. So therefore, the purchaser in a shop, like his Mavater, gives up on the, even before the last three drops come out, once it stops pouring freely. Okay? Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda disagrees. He says, no, 
Erev Shabbos Imcha Sheikha Pater. In general, on a regular, you know, Tuesday morning, the shopkeeper has to pour out all three drops also like everybody else, and um, there's no special dispensation, and people will wait and be patient. But on Erev Shabbos, as we're getting close to Shabbos, it's getting dark, so now people are in a big rush, and no one has time anymore. So there, at that point, of course, says Rebuda, the shopkeepers need not wait the last few drops. Everyone, you know, waves those last drops because everyone wants to get home for Shabbos, and the line wants to move, and so on. Halach, however, follows the Tanakhama, which means that... Uh, the shopkeeper is exempt from waiting for those last three drops to pour out.